Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Today we're starting a new series about prayer, and we're doing it for the next couple weeks. And I'm always cautious, like, when we're going to start a new series because, like, I know God's going to, like, make me go through it. So, like, I've never in the past, like, five years at Coastline preached a prayer on patience because I know God's just going to wreck my life for about three weeks and he's not going to give me patience. He's going to give me opportunity to experience patience, right? And so I haven't preached on that yet. That's coming up. I'm trying to, like, work to it. And so this week, like, as I'm, like, preparing about, you know, prayer, as we're getting to it, like, God did it again. He gave me great opportunity to, like, well, I'm not going to just teach you about prayer. You're going to run through it. So being a parent to an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old for the past four days and also having to do everything else I'm supposed to do, there's been a lot of praying. Your, boy's, your boy is prayed up. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I'm real thankful. My wife's coming back in town uh, later this afternoon. I'm going to, like, go home after this. I'm going to clean the house and act like it's been clean the whole time. Has not been, you know. My kids, she is coming back to some kids that were sunburned, so that's, I'm going to, I'm going to get a thumbs down for that, but we're working on it. Um, But as I, real quick, I do want to say thanks. I'm sure she's watching. Um, You know, that's kind of one of the reasons why I said they're already sunburned, so I can, like, she can't scold me on this way as she's watching on the Internet. That'll happen later, but we'll kind of work it out now. But I want to thank her for all that she does for our church. Last week for Mother's Day, she she preached for me. That was a big deal. She did a great job. Babe, thanks for all you're doing. Uh, And then from coming out of Mother's Day, experiencing being a mother for just a couple days, that ain't my life. That's not it. So I'm thankful to have you as, I know you're not my mom, but I'm thankful for having you as a mother to my kids. And moms, I'm very thankful for all that you do. It's really a big deal. And as much as you're probably praying to get through it, man, we should be praying for you guys for all that you do for us. It really is a big deal. Thanks for, thanks moms. Everybody give moms a, a round of applause real quick. So today, uh, I'm starting this series, I'm talking about prayer. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things where, you know, if you're, if you're here today, you, you probably come from one or two point of views. You know, you're either here, and uh, when it comes to, uh, when I talk about prayer, maybe it might be a new thing for you, right? Maybe, maybe you're new to Coastline, maybe you're new to church, maybe you're new to starting out this relationship uh, with Jesus, you know, and, and you're trying to get to the point where like, man, I'm not really sure. I've, I've heard about it before. You know, I know it's something I'm supposed to be trying to do, but I'm not really sure what the next steps are and like, how do I pray? So maybe you're from that point of view. I want to tell you that, that if that's the case today is for you. The second thing is if you're in the point of view where like, man, I've been a follower of Christ for a while. Maybe you've been, maybe Coastline's been your home since the beginning. Uh, maybe when it comes to prayer, you're like, man, prayer is part of my life. I know about prayer. I've taught about, you know, I've, I've learned about prayer for the years. My parents told me about prayer. Um, I want to tell you that I think maybe even today is for you as well. Because prayer is something that should be part of our lives, but even as, as we've grown up as maybe followers, some of us as followers, some of us as, as just newly connected, I think it's something that when it comes to prayer, the idea of prayer, this idea of connecting, it's something we should hear from, from Jesus. I think there's opportunity, even, in, even for me as a pastor, to learn something new, 
to learn maybe and adjust something uh, in, in even our lives of how we do this. And so I'm going to pray for us, because I think if you're going to preach a, a series on prayer, if you're going to listen to a series on prayer, probably good to start out with it, right? So let's do that, and then we'll jump right into it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for being the good Father that you are. I pray that this morning you would give me the words that you want me to say. I pray that you would give us the hearts uh, that you want us to listen in. God, I pray that you would take away any type of distraction. I pray that this, this morning that you would give us the tools necessary, that you would adjust our thought process on, on this tool that we use to, to connect with you and that you connect with us. God, I pray that you would have your way here this morning and allow us to leave here charged and recharged for what's to come. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, um, whether prayer is something that you're used to, something you know about, something you've been taught about or you've done in the past, um, whether it's a brand new thing, I think you're here at the right time. And uh, my hope is that uh, this will be something that, that ministers to you. And today, I just want to ask the question, I want us to look through the question of how are we supposed to pray? Now, in the Bible, uh, in the book of Luke, we see that, that uh, at, there was a time in which Jesus was praying in front of his disciples. Uh, and this was something that they had, they had done before. It's something that he had done before. If you look throughout the New Testament, there's so many times, time after time after time, where Jesus gets away by himself, uh, and he approaches God, his Father. He spends time in prayer. This was something that wasn't probably new to the disciples. This was something that had been taught about. Their parents had taught them about. It's something they had probably uh, done as well, right? They had read through Psalms. They had prayers that they would recite. This was something that uh, even when they were young, they would have been taught about prayer. But there was something that happened where Jesus, the way that he was doing it, was just a little bit different. The way that he was doing it was, was different than what they had been taught and what they had experienced and what they had done. So somewhere along the lines, as, as, as these disciples, some of them had been educated and had known about prayer. Some of them maybe hadn't been educated that much. Maybe they were, they were just newcomers to it. They were trying to figure it out as they saw Jesus. At some point, they, from these different perspectives, they see Jesus doing it, and they say, hey, we want to we know more about that. We want you to teach us more about that. And so in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says that once Jesus was in a certain place praying, it says, as he finished, one of the disciples these guys got enough courage, they came together and they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. So based off of whether they thought they were doing it right or based off of what they were taught or the fact that they didn't know, they come to him and say, we want you to teach us. We want you to show us what are the things that we're supposed to be doing when we pray. And so Jesus comes into this. He says this in Matthew 6, verse 5. He starts to teach him. He says this. He says, when you pray... I want to stop right there. He goes and he tells him, he says, when you pray. He doesn't say if you pray or if you decide to pray or when you find the time to pray. He tells him, like, it's, this is something that should be established. This is something that should be a part of your relationship with God. He says, when you pray. It's something that you should be doing. That's the first thing I think for you to know, that if you're, if you're a follower or whether you're a new follower or you've been following for for a long time, and it's something that we need to understand. Part of a relationship with God needs to be that one of prayer. There needs to be a connection that happens regularly. He says, when you pray, and then I love this, he says, don't be like. You know, I think it's funny how sometimes uh, Jesus, 
when he was teaching his disciples and stuff like that, he, he was a little snarky with some of his comments. The way he said stuff, there was a, there was a little bit of sarcasm. There was a little bit of this thing, this twang that, that maybe, you know, the religious people at the time wouldn't have liked what he was saying. And so he starts off, rather than saying, this is what you do, he says, well, let me tell you what not to do first. He says, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. You know, I think about um, what he's communicating has to do more with heart than it has to do with perception. You know, sometimes uh, we've got people in our lives that are, are very good at praying. They sound good around us. They sound like when we hear them, we're like, man, that person must be real spiritual. But here Jesus says it, it, it's not about that. When it comes to prayer, prayer is not about the people that are next to you when you're doing it. It, it has to do more with the heart and how you say it and who you're saying it to. The heart of your prayer matters. I think part of the reason why they, they approached Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray is because Jesus, the way he was doing it, was, it wasn't scripted. It wasn't one of these things where he was like reciting a prayer. It was one of these things that was, it was very close. It was very, it was very intimate. It was, it was a very real thing. It was, it was different than what they had seen in the past. Continuing on into verse 6, he says, but when you pray, again, he doesn't say if. He says, when you pray, he says, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Go away by yourself and shut the door behind you. Now, when we listen to this, there's some, we've got to understand what culturally life was like then. Like, in those days, they didn't have cable television. They didn't have YouTube they weren't watching Silver Kings tarpon fishing down in the Keys regularly. They didn't have the iPhone going off with, like, Newsy NSB Edgewater or whatever, which is, that's a hoot, by the way. There's some people on there. I love you. You're bringing me and my wife lots of laughs throughout the week. They didn't have, you know, cell phones distracting them. They didn't have news and different media just bombarding them with stuff. But they didn't have people around them. They didn't have distractions of, of work that they had to do, things that had to get done. Jesus tells him, he says, hey, when it comes time for this, when you do this, because you need to be doing it, when you do it, you need to step away. You need to go into your room. It needs to be something that's, that's just you and just God. For some of us, that means that how should we be praying? There's, it, it might mean that we've got to start to schedule some time. Maybe it doesn't need to happen as, as we're driving down the road to Oak Hill to drop our kids, I'm speaking from my own experience, drop our kids off and as like someone cuts us off and like we got to pray because it's, we either pray or cuss, you know. Maybe that's not when prayer needs to happen. We probably, probably need to be praying then too, but, but maybe it's one of these things that needs to be put aside, have its own time for. Maybe it's the thing where we got to put on airplane mode and say, you know what, we're not going to pick the phone up for just a little bit. Maybe it's one of those things that we need to put at a time where, like, maybe the kids are doing something else, and it can just be us and God. When we pray, there needs to be an opportunity where we free ourselves from the distractions 
of what's going on in life. I'm going to tell you right now, like as a guy who I've never been, I've never been clinically uh, diagnosed with ADHD or whatever, but my wife would bet money that I got it. Like I have more squirrel, mo- squirrel moments in my life where I just get off on tangents. It is the toughest thing for me to stay on, stay on point. I'm going to tell you, for a guy that, that maybe has ADHD, spending time in prayer is not always easy. It's something I've got to continue to develop and continue to strengthen. I've got to put the distractions aside to focus on him. It's something important for us to do. He continues on. He says, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. Now I want to stop at this real quick. Jesus, the son of God, the one that has never committed sin, has lived life perfectly, he makes sure to communicate to the people asking him. He says, pray to your father. He uses this word. It's not about, he doesn't say pray to God Almighty. He doesn't say pray to, to, to the creator of heaven and earth. He says pray to your, your father. I think it's important for us to realize in, in a couple different things. One, The first aspect is this, is he doesn't say pray to me. He doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say, hey, when you pray, pray to me. He says, pray to the Father. He doesn't say, hey, when you pray, pray to my mother. He says, pray to the Father. He says, he don't, don't, he doesn't say, hey, when you pray, pray to Elijah or pray to these other prophets. He says, when you pray, pray to your Father. Pray to the Father. So he's, he's, he's teaching us, he's telling us who to direct the prayers to when we pray. But I think he also is communicating the heart and relationship of how that prayer should be. Now, some of us, our earthly fathers, weren't all that great. And I want to tell you, I, I, if that was you, I want to apologize for it. As, as a father, I try to be the best father that I can be. There's many times where, where I fall short. But I know God Almighty doesn't fall short. I think God, when, when Jesus is communicating to the Father, he's communicating a role of, of protection, the Father that protects. He's communicating about a, a Father that provides for his children, a Father that nurtures and teaches his children how they should grow up, a Father that, that loves and would give anything for his children. He's saying this is the type of relationship, this is the type of person that you are you're connecting to, that you're praying to, God, the good Father. He continues on in verse 7 and 8. He says, he says, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. Gentiles, these were people that were not Israelites. They were, they were outside of, of, of the Jewish uh, uh, religion and culture. They were, they were different type of people. These, these might even uh, be people that, uh, uh, that maybe at some point had worshipped or did worship other gods. He says, when you pray, don't be like the Gentiles do and just babble on. He says, they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. You know, I think there, I know that there was times in my life in which I didn't pray because I didn't know what to say. Because I thought, you know, I don't, I don't know enough about him yet to, 
like, how am I supposed to be praying? How am I supposed to be communicating? How am I supposed to be connecting? What are the words that I'm supposed to be saying? Is there a place I'm supposed to be doing it? Am I supposed to be kneeling down? Am I supposed to be standing up? What are, I, I didn't know the rules. I don't know the rules. And here Jesus is saying it's, it's not about being eloquent. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the least eloquent person that I know. If you ever get a letter from me, you most definitely will be praying for me afterwards because, like, the English language is not something I have a grasp of. But the good news is Jesus says, like, when you pray to, when you pray to the Father, he doesn't care what you sound like. I know this to be a fact because uh, some of you know I've got a small young boy. His name's Ben. He is, he is, I love that kid. I'm going to tell you what right now, like, like, and parents should never, like, buy their kids a Pontiac Firebird for their first car. But, like, if he asked me for it, I might get it for him because I love that kid. He is, he is wild. He loves his mama. He loves his dad. He loves his sister. Although this past week I did see him, like, totally just yank her hair. Like, it was, it was bad. But my son, Ben, he's got, he struggles with his speech. He's got a little bit of a, of a speech impediment. When he was born, he had this thing called a tongue tie in which the tip of his tongue was, was connected to the bottom of his mouth. And it was one of those things that it made it difficult for him to continue to, to connect and say different words. And so even as he speaks now as a, as a five-year-old, like there's this thing where there's a little bit of a lisp, there's a little bit, and it's so cute right now. But as his father, I'm going to tell you what, when that kid comes and talks to me, he doesn't use the right grammar. He doesn't say the words the way they're supposed to be said. And I don't care a lick at all because I love that kid. I just love that he's taking the time to talk to me. He crawled up in my lap the other day. He says, I miss mommy, but I love you. I was like, well, thanks, man. I miss mommy too. It's not about the words you say. It's about the connection. I think when it comes to, I think what you say while you pray is less, con- is, is less of a consequence than, than making sure that you pray. God wants, Jesus says, just make the connection. It's not about being eloquent. It's not about babbling on. It's not about, not about the style and how you do it. Especially it doesn't matter their style because if you're supposed to be by yourself, free of distraction, who cares? It's just you and him. You don't have to be good at it. Another thing I think when it comes to the, the words that we say, I think it's important for us to understand that God's not like this, this cosmic, you know, ATM. Sometimes we, we look at him like, well, when it comes to prayer, like if we can just get the right words together, if we can get the right code or the right pin number, then boom, cash is going to come out. We got what we want. It's not how God works. God is not your lucky rabbit's foot. I'm going to tell you that from my own experience. There's times that I've done that. God, please, let me, let me get this in life. I'll do what you, anybody here, be honest, you tried to bargain with God before? How'd it work out? I, I told God, I said, God, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'm not going to do a set up and tear down church anymore. That was like 10 years ago. I'm not doing set up and tear down church. I've been doing set up and tear down church as long as I can remember right now. I'm going to tell you, don't bargain with God. It don't work out. You lose. 
house always wins. Prayer is not about this lucky rabbit's foot. If you do it, life will be easy. You'll get what you want. It's not how it works. Verse 9, book of Matthew chapter 6, it says that Jesus communicates. He says, pray like this. He says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Holy, that's a, that's a big thing. Holy is not something that, that I am. You know, I think it's funny sometimes that, uh, you know, I'll be fishing with some buddies or whatever, and for a second they forget I'm a pastor or something, and they, they'll drop like an F-bomb or something. Yeah? Miss a fish, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to say it because it'd be all over YouTube in about 15 minutes. Pastor drops F-bomb from church. But uh, they, they follow it up with like, oh, I'm sorry, pastor. I didn't mean to say that. I'm like, I mean, I'm not God, dude. It's not one of those things where like, you drop an F-bomb and automatically I know all the sins you've committed this past week. I don't have that connection with him like that. That's not how it works. I literally used to think, I used to sit into, uh, in, in church before I was pastor and thought like, if the pastor makes eye contact with me, somehow he's going to know exactly what I've been doing this past week. And so I just sit like this the whole time. It doesn't happen, just so you know. Okay, I'm going to bust all the myths that you got. You can look at me in the eyes, no worries. God doesn't, except for you. I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not holy. God the Father is holy. I think when Jesus communicates this, he's, he's trying to teach us that, like, there's this father relationship. But also with that hand, you need to remember, this is the creator of heaven and earth. This is the one that has given us everything. This is the one that loves us enough. He continues to teach us. But he is holy. And there is some reverence that needs to be had with it. We need to understand who, who we're talking to. There's a, there's a serious balance. Many times I've, uh, you know, talking with people at a table and, and I've said some things and my wife's grabbed my leg. Any husbands, you ever had that before? Probably none of you, right? No. That grab means like, hey, what are you saying? Watch yourself. Hey, understand that we're, we're in mixed company or we're, these are things you don't say. Sometimes it's, uh, I don't do this often, but uh, I've got my wife, if any of the kids ever talk about potty talk at the table, we don't talk about potty talk. There's a reverence at the dinner table. I think you can come to the Father with anything that you're dealing with. But we also have to remember is God Almighty, and there needs to be a reverence that comes with it. And this is the last thing when it comes to prayer. I think this is, this is the one that is so incredibly difficult for us to figure out or to really to put into practice. This is the last verse I'm going to read. is Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Jesus says this. He says, when you pray, pray like this. He says, pray, our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy. He says, may your kingdom come. Your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
I think we live in a culture today that is, is very much what we want is what you should pursue. What you want in life is the thing that you should go after. If you want a specific type of house, man, you should work hard and you should go after that type of house. If you want to have a specific body type, then you, that's, that's what you need to go after. You need to pursue that, what you want. If you want a specific car, man, work, get, do what you got to do and get that type of car, get that type of boat, get that type of job, get that type of spouse. What you want is what rules. But Jesus says, when we pray, we should pray, God, what you want is what rules. Let, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. It's, it's not an easy thing for us to do all the time because our culture says one thing. But Christ says something else. And, and I think in life that as a follower of Christ, one of the things that we're always going to struggle with is, is do we follow what cultural says, culture says is okay? Or do we follow which way Christ tells us to go? I think when I hear things like Jesus say, the only way to the Father is through him, I think it's an easy answer to pursue Christ above all. And so when we pray for things like that job, like that house or that boat or that adjustment of a situation in our lives, I think part of what we need to do is remind ourselves of how Jesus prayed. Because at the end of his life, at the end of his life, he stops in the garden and he prays to the Father. He says, Father, may this cup be passed from me. He, he knows what's going to happen next. He knows what he's going to have to go through. He knows the pain he's going to have to bear. He knows the, the shame that people are going to feel. He knows the fear that his disciples are going to feel. Because of the tension that he has with it, because that's not what we, he's saying at the time, he said, that, man, if there's, a way, if there's a different way to do this, if, I, if we can make an adjustment and do this a different way, then, then let's do that. I, I want to do it differently. He says, take this cup from me. But he follows it with this. He says, but not my will, but your will be done. Jesus teaches his disciples that when he prayed, pray says, your kingdom come, your, your will be done. But even to the point of his death, he lived it out as an example. I think when we spend that time in prayer, when we take time each day, when we cut off distractions, we connect with a Father that is holy, part of what we should also do is humble ourselves and remember that we're saying, God, this is what I want. This, this, is, this is what I hope happens. This is what I need help with. But ultimately, I want what you want more than I want any of this other stuff. I want, I want your will to happen in my life more than, than I want an adjustment or I need help in this area. So whatever your will is, let that be. Let that be done. 
I think if that's something that we do, I think if that's something that we put into practice, what's going to happen in your world is, is your life is going to change. You're going to change. Because you can't wake up each and every day. You can't set time aside and, and, and say to God, God, your will, your will be done before my will. You can't do that without, without you changing for the better. But as you change, as we change, I think the world and the people around us see that because it, it'll change the way that we treat people, the way that we act, the way that we love on one another. And as we change, I think the world around us is going to change as well. The world we live in is, is one that is broken. I think, I think the way it changes happens more in the time that we spend with God the Father, the one that is holy, and humility, pursuing what he wants. I think, I think that changes our world. And so I want to challenge you to take, take those steps. Take time away. Turn off your phone, free of distraction. Don't care so much about what you say and if it's eloquent or it sounds pretty. Make sure when you talk to him, you understand the relationship is that of a son or a daughter to a good and great, perfect Heavenly Father. A Father that is holy and admirable that we should have respect for. And ultimately, we do it from a position of humility, of saying, God, what you want to happen, let your will be done over mine. I know that if we do this church the world around us will change for the better. Your world will change for the better. You will get through the stuff that you're going through. If we do this, I know that the best is still yet to come. Amen. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to spend time in one last song. As we do this song, I want to remind you of what Jesus has done for us. In his last hours with his disciples, he took a piece of bread and he broke it and passed it around. He said, this is my body, which is going to be broken for you. At the end of the meal, he passes around a cup of wine. He says, this is my blood, which will be spilt. Do this in remembrance of me. And so this morning, as, as we pray, as we spend time in worship, I want to give you the opportunity to remember what he has done for us. So if you take this, this is a great opportunity to remember him. Remember the fact that he has done this to take on the weight of sin and shame. Maybe this is an opportunity to, to reflect and repent of what's going on in our lives. Maybe some things that we've been doing that we shouldn't be doing. But more than anything, use this as an opportunity to connect with the Father. So Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you've done. I thank you for sending your Son. I thank you that because of him we have an opportunity to approach you and to connect with you on a personal level. I pray that this is something that we would continue to strengthen in our lives, a relationship that would continue to grow. 
that we would connect with you regularly, that we would turn off the distractions of the world that keeps it from you, and that we would focus our hearts and minds on you and you alone. I thank you so much for what's to come as we do this. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.